Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello and welcome to Science Faction 664. Science Faction, humans where they shouldn't be, and risky challenge trials. It's the butt. Humans really shouldn't be in the butt. I don't know why we have such a fascination whoa, with the butt. But we sh- whoa, just coming right out with the homophobia, huh? Bobby, everybody is into the butt, not just men and women. And I'm saying we shouldn't. It's the, Did you know that's where poop comes from? I was I was 34 years, I was today years old when I found out that all these people who, who want to have intercourse with the butt, that's where poop comes from. I forgot about your uh, your need to get general anesthesia before defecation, which is <laughs> incredibly difficult for day to day life. Yeah, the uh, um, uh, you've seen Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. Every time he makes a copy of himself, like that that copy's like yeah. duller, and like by the time he gets to the fourth copy, it's like the the it's like mm-hmm. the uh, Alex Jones uh, uh, version. I'd like yes. to think that that's what I'm like, but with anesthesia, like I've just been slowly killing. I'm Michael Jackson now. I'm kind of just barely conscious, <laughs> mumbling my way through sentences. Oh, uh, and speaking of the barely conscious host of your show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is my comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I, see, Bobby, I like to be. A, I saw the movie Inception. I, I keep hoping that somebody's trying to incept me into like uh, like mm. not being depressed, incept me into mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, taking a spot on a better comedy science podcast. Yeah, you're not getting onto Star Talk, sir. You will, they will not accept you. Oh, you think Neil deGrasse Tyson wouldn't like me doing D's jokes? <laughs> mm. <laughs> you said it was in the D solar system, right, Neil? <laughs> And then wait for him to, uh, well, do you mean by Delta? I mean, these nuts, Neil! These nuts! <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to yell these nuts at Neil deGrasse Tyson, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon for four extra science articles every single week. Pull my finger, Neil. Bam, I just came in my pants. That's the way it works, right? That's what you do when somebody pulls your finger. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear, let's move right on. To science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm the I'm the cheapest date there is. Just pull my finger, yeah. and I, we can pack uh, this Jesus up. Christ, a Chinese finger trap is a real sexual experience for you. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly tricking strangers into like getting caught in se- finger traps with me. <laughs> This counts as sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, um, I was able to be put away for a long time. Just years of getting off very cheaply. <laughs> I thought it was my secret, but I uh, I tend to be really obvious when I come. Oh, the article number one. Humans found where they shouldn't be 86,000 years ago. It's a a cave painting of a man um, putting his fist into a butt, not knowing that that's not where you should... Because he was trying Mm. to figure out where the poop came from. I see. Like, was was there like a magical portal from hell that teleported it at the anus? And now we just realized food. You know, it's like some some genius at some point put two and two together. Probably the first guy who ate corn. That's what I'm going (laughs) to guess. (laughs) 
I always thought, like, how long did it take before, like, uh, people realized that, like, uh, like, um, oh, that thing I did with uh, that uh, not pulling out produced a baby. Yes. I'm just wondering, like, how yes. long, like, oh, that thing I've been doing, holy sh- that's what's been yeah. causing it? I just... <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting one, because you have a nice delay period. Like, it's not quite, I mean, obviously the baby comes nine months later, but you, you recognize it before that. You recognize it within a few months. But, like, if you're in a Paleolithic society, you do a lot of things on a daily basis, where you're like, was it the banging, or was it the time that I yelled at the moon? Like, what <laughs> put a baby in here? <laughs> uh, yeah, was it, uh, what, was it the time I, I hit her over the head? with a log and dragged her back to my cave. Right. Um, by the way, I'm surprised if that is our, our if, if cartoons have led me that that is our, our lineage. I am shocked that more women aren't concussion proof just through time. Yeah. Like more women aren't MMA fighters with like iron jaws that just can't, can't take them down. Instead, they just secretly created the, the sport of football, so we all got the CTE. <laughs> now you guys can drag each other back to caves. Brilliant maneuvering. So this is a really interesting article. It's about a mysterious, possibly 86,000, though it could be more like 75,000, or the, the C-14 is a little bit iffy on it, human remains found in a Laotian cave. So why are these so weird? Let's review our current understanding of the spread of humans outside of Africa. We know that humans originated in Africa. We just talked a few weeks ago about a new study that looks at the idea that it's kind of like multiple convergent species that kind of became Homo sapien all breeded together and created the, what we now consider modern Homo sapien somewhere in Africa. So uh, that goes on and you have a couple of evidences of Homo sapiens making their way out of Africa and maybe stopping in the Saudi Arabia for a while and then in the Levant for a while. But those, as far as we can tell, were not successful uh, in terms of their, them having living descendants because, from what we can tell, all modern humans who are outside of Africa descended from one, if not possibly two waves that came out, one kind of coming out originally and becoming the Australians and New Guinea Aborigines and, and those groups. And that was likely like 60 some odd, maybe 70 some odd thousand years ago. And then a second group coming out and splitting off and becoming the other Eurasians, that one, one part of which later became part of the Native Americans. Again, that could have actually been one migration with a standstill in one place. And, you know, the, the group that became the uh, Australian Aborigines and the New Guinea Highlanders and stuff, they all kind of diverged a little bit earlier. But we're still saying that that area wasn't really occupied by humans as far as we know till maybe about like 65, 70 some odd thousand years ago. And we're finding apparently in this cave what appears to be human bones from apparently as far as 86,000 years ago. I think like when you're leaving Africa way back in the day, uh, it's like a mm -hmm. real choose your left. You, ch you choose left. You, you hit the yeah. Mediterranean real soon. It's beautiful. You yep. can you can live a Greek lifestyle on the Mediterranean diet. You take a right. You hit those Gulf states real fast. You gotta you gotta power through Saudi Arabia and like Oman and shit to get to. We well, gotta power through like we think you had to kind of power through Saudi Arabia anyway. But keep in mind, back then Saudi Arabia we think was quite green. In fact, it up until like six thousand years ago or so was probably like a really green, lush place. Like it's only in relatively recent times that it is the desert we now know. Wow, hate. Wahhabism did that to the did that to the terrain. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, Six thousand years <laughs> predates it by many fold, but yes. 
Very, very interesting stuff. Now, again, there's some other interesting stuff about these remains. One is we have a long history. We have like a, a, what appears to be like more than 50,000 years of continuous occupation of this cave in Laos, which is fucking amazing to think about that kind of time scale. It was rent controlled. Like, good luck getting that. <laughs> like, once, once one family gets in, they're not moving out. It's going to be 50,000 years of continuous occupation. The renovations uh, needed on that cave after that, such yeah. a long... <laughs> what what else is what's really interesting is with that long occupation those super old remains we have the ones that are from like 75 to 85,000 years ago they actually look more modern than the ones that are like 40,000 years newer the ones that are about 40 some odd thousand years old look more ancient than the ones that are 75 to 80,000 years old, which is really interesting. I like that uh, ancient cave aesthetic, the modern cave aesthetic where it's just like a box that they just paint white and like 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 maybe, right. maybe some like auxiliary color splashed in there. I, I really like, you know, I, I mean... I know there's you a lot want, of... You want crown moldings and a chair rail and baseboards and the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like if, I mean, if you get if you get a cave in the certain period, there's linoleum. But if you dig under the linoleum, you'll find mm-hmm. some solid hardwood. <laughs> but so that's really interesting to think that remains that are almost twice as old look more ancient, like they have a more pronounced brow ridge and stuff like that, than the older ones. So what could be happening here? What's going wrong? What's going on? Are our genetic models wrong? They might be at this age when we're talking about, you know, a swing of a cup of like 10 to 15,000 years. It could be that we are off on that. And there absolutely were individuals that were part of our own lineage, or at least the lineage that led to, to Australians and those groups within that group. It could also be that this is a dead end, that this is one of those groups that went out and explored, but either they or their later descendants ended up dying out in one form or another, leaving no genetic traces, and therefore there is nobody living to this day, so we don't see their genetic signature in people. But again, it could also just be that there was a really small inheritance and it just hasn't been weeded out with all the genetic data we currently have. This is one of those interesting mysteries. You know, one of these answers is likely the right ones, but we don't know which one. As far as why the newer specimens, the much newer, by the way, look more ancient, well, that is actually a really interesting little tidbit. And it might be part of something we have been talking about, which is the interbreeding of Denisovans into those groups, especially the ones that later went down and, and did occupy Australia and New Guinea. The interbreeding Denisovans into those groups, well, it might be that the super old stuff we're seeing is closer to just straight Homo sapien out of Africa, like like low or no admixtures. And then what we're seeing later on is the interbreeding with those Denisovans. Maybe it's also the part of the group that picked up the Neanderthal DNA, et cetera, et cetera. The mestizos, but of Asia. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so there might be an older occupation of something you could argue is like more human or at least more homo sapien than later occupations, which then looked more ancient, you know, despite being 40,000 years newer in time. They had thick brow ridges and shit like stuff that had been around in Africa, you know, 500,000 years before them, which is just a crazy thought. They bred backwards. They uh they uh, kind they, of they, they went for those retro uh, brow ridges. 
Yeah, it'd be like, you know, remember how you got confused by that old-timey museum, like, physical anthropology display of, like, the stooped-over guy kind of slowly rising up, which, again, it's never been true. We haven't thought it was accurate in a long time. But it would be like like somebody's, one of the guys at the museum is reading this paper. They look up and go, huh, and then they just move one of the slouched guys with the bigger brow ridge in front of one of the taller-looking guys. Yeah, you know what? The all this uh, this sex colony of women does have brow ridges, but I'm the only male in sight, man. I'm uh, <laughs> in the land of brow ridges. My dick is king. Oh uh, dear! So really, really interesting. I'm interested to figure out what happens with this data. Do we figure out that we had a flaw in our genetic uh, analysis, and it turns out that actually, man, there were some older migrations, and some of them did breed into the existing population. Do we find out it was a cul-de-sac, a Homo sapien exploration that we think didn't go anywhere and isn't part, doesn't have any living descendants on Earth? Do we find out that the dates are wrong because of one reason or another, or is there like some other explanation we're not even thinking? of whatever it is this is one of those legit scientific mysteries that we now get to go and explore and figure out what exactly is going on with these seemingly out of place bones in an out of place order in a place we were not expecting to find them do you do you think there's a way will will genetic technology get good enough that we could uh, extrapolate from our own genes what a denisovan would look like like is there any way the I think we're going to find a lot more. I think we're going to find out things like Dragon Man are likely Denisovans. I think we're going to find Denisovan remains, and I think we'll be able to to be able to tell it even without gene genetic stuff, just with with actual fossils and things, we'll be able to tell much better. Yeah, because I need to know how thick these Denisovans were, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, uh, if they were like Neanderthals, I think they might have a little bit of that kind of Neanderthal thing going on. But remember, we talked about Denisovans were were pretty wide ranging enough that we think that some of the southeastern Denisovans were further removed from the Siberian Denisovans than the De- Siberian Desovans were from the Neanderthals, so who knows what's going on by the time you get that far out. We certainly don't have any fossils that would that would kind of clear that up for us, but just like super, super, super interesting and really interesting in terms of what it tells us about the history of all humankind, where we came from, what was going on at this really interesting period in time. And keep in mind, just after this, even after the somewhat conservative estimates, so let's say it's not 86,000, let's say it's more like 75,000 years old. Well, we know that Humans were in Australia, we think, by at least 65,000 years ago because we have a couple of arc sites that seem to be pretty solidly dated around that time. So we know that they came through and made it there. But around 70,000 years ago, there's a huge genetic bottleneck where the human population worldwide shrinks. We think it might actually be associated with a large volcanic explosion in Indonesia that might have you know, blotted out the sun or done something that really killed off a ton of population. So what if we actually did have a much wider human expanse that was colonizing the entire world and maybe, I don't know, getting ready to figure out agriculture or some shit like that. And then you had that, you know, cataclysmic event to killed off most of the people. And the only people who are left now are those who are descendant from that small group that survived that human genetic bottleneck. So, so that's, so that, uh, that you're saying there was a Pompeii event that, that cleared out all of the, uh, the, the, the homo sapiens in that, in that region of the world. We think it, we can't necessarily say that's what happened. It could just be an artifact of weird genetics. It could be something else, but like, it does seem like that might have happened. That makes sense. Well, like, uh, cause you, one of the things you had mentioned was that, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this, we could, we had no genetic evidence of this group and it's not like it, it was in like a lush area. And humans yeah. are really good survivors, which tells me that there had to have been an alien, like a Independence Day style aliens attack or the Pompeii, <laughs> oh, the slightly less likely Pompeii event that you mentioned. 
By the way, a cool side note on this article, they announced in the paper that they're pursuing eDNA, which is what we've talked about a bunch, environmental DNA from like the dirt and the clay and stuff of the cave. And we've talked about how they've gotten eDNA out of the Denisovan cave and out of other places now. And this would be a really, really cool development if they were able to pull that, because then we really could look at the genetic evidence of what was going on in this area. Is this thing related to all living humans? Was this a dead end? Is this, you know, is the reason that we see the more ancient features in the 46,000-year-old skeletons vis-a-vis the 75 to 80,000-year-old skeletons? Is that reason because of that Denisovan admixture, which I think is is a pretty strong hypothesis and I, th- I think will likely be, be proven true. Really, really interesting stuff. And maybe we'll find out that there was this wide range of genetic diversity that just doesn't exist anymore because the entire population was bottlenecked 70,000 years ago. But if you look back past that across the earth there was massive genetic diversity and maybe we could find some cool genes and all of that that might help us do some shit or fight some diseases would there be any value bobby in us uh bringing back like a jurassic park but for hominids like uh denisovans uh, gigantopithecus yeah, I mean, like a a pretty significant value of like dramatic license, like the ability to tell a story in which you can be hunted by things that are incredibly scary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Homo erectus can't open a door. They're too dumb. Oh, wait, they have the same hands we do. Oh, shit. I want to be like the Dr. Malcolm of when they're doing this but it's in it's in the universe of Jurassic Park so Jurassic Park has already happened all 18 Jurassic mm-hmm. Park movies or whatever and then the new John Hammond is like uh hey we we we've decided to expand out to hominids so so this is welcome to Hominid Park and they brought me in as like the archaeologist guy and I, the entire time I'm like but this has not worked literally every time you've done like every time you've tried to do this it has failed drastically with huge huge death tolls like the body counts on these park openings <laughs> are sky high how is the you guys insured at this point yeah. Yeah, do, do you think maybe instead of creating uh, a bunch of hominids, who, by the way, were like apex predators and absolutely would slaughter us if we, if uh-huh. like a group of them got out, which seemingly happens 100% of the time <laughs> at your parks, do you think maybe we just shouldn't do this? And then they'd be like, oh, look at that, Dr. Malcolm again. Listen, Dr. Malcolm, you want in on this harem of Denisovan thick bitches? Or... <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Never mind. I have no concerns. <laughs> Article number two, results of a human challenge trial for COVID. Human challenge? Like, like, dude, uh, me and Bobby are going to uh, the national COVID finals. Both of us get COVID for three weeks, then we attempt to run a marathon. <laughs> Whoever can fucking make it. Like, how does the, the, co- how does the COVID or, challenge? What if the, what if the COVID challenge is just like almost like the steroids you can use to help win the TV game show, The Biggest Loser. Like, you know how they have to lose a certain amount of weight? Well, you're like, I know, I'm catching COVID. Now I can shoot down like 30 pounds in the first two weeks. <laughs> or uh, uh, you you have a lot of money on this. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? And you got this guy's, and mm-hmm. you know what? This guy is actually like sixth grade smart. We've tested him. Mm. and uh, we, need a little co- we need him to have some COVID brain for this competition. Yeah, we have some bets. Some- Get that COVID fog in there. So this is a really interesting result that was just published from a human challenge trial of COVID from 2021. Now, we've talked about challenge trials a little bit on this show before. They're they're very, very controversial for things like the next COVID. COVID because... trial, we have laser going up against Nitro <laughs> in the 300 cough competition. 
Yeah, no, this is where you give two people COVID and then you launch tennis balls at 2,000 feet per second at them to see who can get through a, a fucking uh, good obstacle course. They're all pale and epoxic. <laughs> They're stumbling through this course. I'd watch that. <laughs> Now, challenge trials are important, but for things like COVID, they're really controversial because in order to do a challenge trial, essentially what you're doing is you're purposely infecting people with the disease. Now, when you talk about something like COVID that has a non-zero mortality, it's got like a 1%, something more possibly mortality rate and the ability to pass it on to other people and who knows about long-term effects because it was brand new, especially in 2021. Who the fuck knew about long-term effects? Challenge trials are super controversial and they were really hard to get approved. It was very, very difficult. In fact, I'm pretty sure we essentially completely banned them in the US, which is why this particular study comes out of the UK. But they did. They were able to get a challenge trial approved and they were able to do a purposeful infection of 34 18 to 30 year olds soccer hooligans like uh, <laughs> I'll take some coffee for some Manchester United <laughs> <laughs> These were kept in hospital negative pressure rooms, so like completely isolated bubble boy status with negative pressure, meaning there's constantly air being sucked out of there so that you are then not outputting your germs into the rest of the hospital. They did things like had their face masks tested every single day. They had their hands tested every day. The viral loads were counted in the air. They wanted to see how long it took them to get sick, you know, what happened once they were sick, et cetera, et cetera. And some really interesting info came out. And they're interested in info that you can't really get from anything but challenge trials because these are the only way you can track it. You can tell the exact moment they got infected because you're dropping fucking drops of the virus into their nose. That's how they're being infected. And then you can see from that point, how long did it take for you to get infected? When you started to show symptoms, how much of the virus were you putting out? When did those antigen tests, those rapid, fast antigen tests, when did they start detecting the actual infection? All of these things that are really important to know, but you can't really know without challenge trials because without challenge trials, you're just waiting for somebody to get infected and you're guessing when that infection point was and you weren't able to monitor them from that exact second. But with this one, you could be like, listen, three and a half hours after exposure to this, we can check the face mask they are wearing and, and see that there's absolutely no virus. You know, three days after we could tell there is this much virus. We could tell that these people had a ton more virus in there that would get into the air around them. And that is exactly what they found. What they found was really, really interesting. Now, one, there were some really good news. Now, keep in mind, some of this is a little caveated by the fa fact that this is the alpha strain. So this is 2021. This is before Omicron came around. And these antigen tests were much better at detecting the alpha strains, but they did a really good job. Remember those fast tests we were all using, the nasal swab, fast antigen home tests? It turns out that those were able to basically detect uh, viral loads almost as soon as they were there. So basically, if you could infect somebody, even if you had enough virus in there and you couldn't infect somebody, but you had enough to be detectable, you could de detect it with the antigen tests. Those got some a, a little bit of escape later on with Omicron and stuff. But if the next generation of antigen tests come out, we're as accurate as that. That is fantastic news because that essentially means if you're testing and you're you're being diligent about it, you can get ahead of any infection and isolate yourself. And that is fucking great news. It showed to be incredibly effective. Number oh, two. you didn't say oh. I'd be getting any viral loads, mate. If I give me if I give me missus one more viral load, she's gonna leave me. She's going to pack up the lorry and leave me. 
Is it a lorry, a bus, or what? Uh, it's a truck, mate. <laughs> but, oh, okay. But yeah, we also drive a double decker bus to and from work, which <laughs> happens to be for me observing Manchester United soccer games. Uh, and because soccer's so bloody boring, we had to brain a homeless guy on the way back. And they also found something that was super, super interesting. We've hinted at this before. Other results have hinted at this, which is that there are some people who are just super spreaders, right? Like anybody can spread the disease, but there are some people, oh, and we're David not sure Beckham. what it is. He could spread it across the whole field. He could have went off. <laughs> off a corner kick. We're not sure what's going on with these individuals, like, because, but it's not what infected them because everybody got the same initial viral load. It's not the conditions they were in because everybody was in the same conditions. Something about these individuals made them these super spreaders, and they found out that two, two of these thirty-four individuals accounted for eighty-six percent of all the airborne viral load detected. So while everybody was outputting into their masks and, you know, would get it on their hands and everybody would get some into the air around them, two of them were outputting a shit ton, basically all of it. This is huge news and something that really needs to be followed up on. Can we predict who these people are going to be? Can we look at the data and figure out when the next pandemic comes around, who it is that needs to be super careful, who we need to monitor extra closely? Because if they're responsible for 86% and we could figure out what genetic markers or, or you know, phenotypic markers, whatever it is, makes them those super spreaders, then maybe we could get ahead of a lot of the spread of everything if you think of 86 percent of people and this doesn't necessarily mean this would be the case but if you think 86 percent of people could have possibly been infected by you know a very very small percentage of the overall people who were infected well then all we have to do is get that super small percentage contained to really contain the vast majority of the pandemic itself that is really interesting who knows how that applies to omicron and you know future variants and all that kind of stuff but a very, very cool thing to know and to then follow up with studies on to try and get ahead of the next time something like this comes around. You know, I really think Manchester could use a pick-me-up this season. Do you think the Queen will be, letting, will be willing to let Gary Glitter out of his Magneto prison? We could use rock uh, and roll number three. Gary Glitter, by the way, did the, that na 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 hey, all that played in all the uh, stadiums about. He's a British I have a uh, apparently soccer hooligan. I don't know if you've just been partying super hard this past year, but I have some pretty bad news for you about the queen. Oh, no. Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Shinzo Abe head. Love me some Shinzo Abe, I do. I was I was making a lot of assumptions about which queen you were talking about. I guess you're right. Oh, I love you, love me the queen, but also love me the emperor, or do love love me um, a monarchical structure, or do <laughs> and cleaning chimneys apparently. I thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction Six Sixty Four, where you learned all about human bones found where they shouldn't be eighty six thousand years ago. And the results of one of the rare human challenge trials for COVID. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction 665. All right, so the Queen and Shinzo may have left. All right, no need to get my knickers turned. I still got my David Bowie and Robin Williams. You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. 